I remember just how difficult that was coming from India to the U.S. and assimilating, and especially in Arizona, where when I was growing up, it was not diverse at all. I tried very hard to lose my accent quickly and just a little bit of a struggle. But I feel like as I got older, that's when I really embraced my culture. Hello, hello. Welcome to Tuckered Out with me, Ami Tucker. You guys, my next guest is not only like a double boss. She is a mama and most importantly, she's going to be my future partner in crime in bringing South Asian representation and glam to middle America. And that's in air quotes, guys. Basically, you know, not the coast. Anita Verma Lalian is the CEO and founder of Arizona Land Consulting, a Phoenix-based land investment and consulting company that specializes in commercial real estate. Verma Lalian is also the founder of Arizona's first female and first South Asian-owned film production and entertainment company, Camelback Productions. And I'm clapping, guys. Sorry, editors. You'll have to keep this part in. Camelback Productions will focus on South Asian and minority representation and storytelling. And we had a blast chatting. She's one of those guests, guys. I, I think we're cousins. Definitely some kind of childhood friends maybe that we forgot about, but came back together kind of story. Ooh, that could be a story for Camelback Productions. So many thoughts. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoy my interview with Anita Verma Lalian. I obviously heard about you through Instagram and, and I've seen some articles on you and near Jenna connected a couple of weeks ago and I was like, oh my gosh, can I please talk to Anita? I would love to. I know you're in Arizona and you are the founder and CEO of Arizona Land Consulting. I was super excited to talk to you for a few reasons. The first being that you are not on the East or West Coast, technically, like California or New York. Yes, one of the few. Yay, I'm in Texas. I just moved back. So I was telling Nirja, I was like, we, I need more people. Like, where's the rest of the country? All my guests are East Coast or West Coast. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. I think we need some representation from the Sun Belt. Yes, I know. We're here. We can do it, Anita. Is it Anita or Anita? A lot of people call me Anita. A lot of people call me Anita. So whatever, whatever you prefer. I'm going to go the Indian, Indian version. Okay, Anita, you're in Arizona. So to all my lovely coasters who don't know anything about the rest of America, you obviously work in real estate. So what are the, some, of, some of the basic things we need to know about Arizona real estate? Like what's going on there? Yeah, you know, I think one of the biggest things to know is that Maricopa County, which is the county that Phoenix is in, that's the largest county in Arizona, that's been the fastest growing county over the last decade. So we've had the most, based on the U.S. Census Bureau, we've had the most amount of people moving here from different states. So that provides a very interesting opportunity because we're growing so quickly. Another thing about Arizona is there's very limited amount of private land. So there's not too much more land where we can development. So whatever land there is, it's going quickly. The values are, you know, kind of going up quickly because it's a very limited commodity. And I think we're seeing a lot of trends where people from California are moving here because lower taxes. Our state tax is around 3%. California is at 12%, almost, you know, 10% lower. Just cost of living is cheaper. And then as far as 
companies go, development here is so much easier. Projects that take years to get approved in California or other states can, you know, get approved in six months here. So I think there's just a lot of benefits. And I think people are finally realizing that. So it's become a very exciting market. It's growing like crazy. If you drive around, you see, you know, hotels coming up, apartments, houses, you see all of it. So it's, it's a really exciting time to do real estate in Arizona. Yeah, good bet. So I, I just moved to Dallas. I'm from Houston. We moved and we move around a lot because of my husband's job. We just moved back to Dallas, seventh move in 13 years. You know, I, I used to live here four stints ago and there has just been a mass population growth to Texas. I felt like you just said people have just moved here. Is it the same over there? Is it has just become more populated? Yeah, it's crazy. You know, home prices have more than doubled in Phoenix, what it was post, you know, prior to COVID, it's, you know, just completely different now. And I think post COVID, we've seen a larger amount of people wanting to move here just because during COVID, you don't want to be in densely populated cities and things like that. So Arizona made sense. We have a lot of land, like all the homes are on, you know, large tracts of land. So people, you know, have their own large spaces, pools, things like that. So we saw a huge uptick in population. I hear you. I'm like, where where did all these people come from? Like, where, where's my space in Texas? I don't understand. You have acquired, I believe, from what I've read, a billion dollars worth of land assets in the Phoenix area throughout your career, which is mind blowing. And then you have recently closed on a $12 million deal for 320 acres. Congrats. Can you talk more about that deal? Yeah, we just closed on that. I think it was last month. And so what was exciting about that property, it's right next to an airport in a city called Casa Grande. So Casa Grande is about 45 minutes away from Phoenix. And so it's growing very rapidly. There's a lot of industries that have come there. Uh, Lucid, the car manufacturer, the rival to Tesla. So they've set their operations there, Polar's there. There's a lot of employers. So we chose this site because it's right next to the airport, which they're planning on expanding. And then another challenge, which you you might be familiar with in Texas, is infrastructure is a big thing, right? Like water, sewer, things like that. So this site has water lines, sewer lines, and all that. So our group is very mindful whenever we go out to acquire a property, it has to have all the water, the sewer that we need, because that's those are resources that are becoming limited as these cities, you know, continue to face this extreme population growth that they don't have the infrastructure to keep up with. Yeah, totally. That's amazing. I know you just you mentioned industries and in one of your interviews I was I was listening to, you also mentioned that you have brought a lot of different industries to Arizona. So was there a method to the madness of who you what industries you wanted to bring to Arizona based on like just how to improve the state? Or was it just whatever was the best deal? I think it was a combination. I think there were definitely certain industries that made sense. You know, the semiconductor industry, for instance. Intel's had a presence in Arizona since the 80s. And so it kind of, that was a natural industry that made sense to come here because of some of the other companies. So I was involved in this huge deal last year, or maybe two years ago now, where we brought lithium ion battery manufacturer called Core Power to Phoenix. And so that's been one industry. And I think they're high growth industry, high paying jobs. And I think that's important to the state. They bring a lot of tax revenue. So that was kind of some of the thought process behind it. I've also been involved in the electrical vehicle industry with Lucid. We sold a lot of land to them last year. And so that's been, you know, another one 
I'm very passionate about bringing the film industry, and I know we'll talk about that in a bit. So that's another industry I've brought the solar industry here. And then the biggest industry I would say over the last few years has been the industrial industry, like the whole manufacturing boom. Under the Biden administration, there's a big push to do more manufacturing in the U.S. So we've seen a lot of companies come to Phoenix to you know, establish their operations. There. So that's been huge. That's amazing. So I want to talk a little bit about the beginnings of Arizona Land Consulting. I believe your dad is the founder and CEO of Verma Land. Is that correct? And so I'm assuming this Arizona Land Consulting is your baby. You started it. How did that happen? Was dad like, why aren't you working with me? Why aren't you start? Why are you starting your own thing? Or was it like, go ahead and go? I think it was go ahead and go. He was actually one of my biggest supporters. He was one of my first investors, actually, which people don't really know about. And he was very excited for me to start my own thing. I think for my dad, the one thing that he has always been important to him is that he not have investors or a lot of partners. Whatever he acquires, he wants to do it himself. And so my strategy has been very different. I have a lot of investors. I mean, at this point, we have thousands of investors. And we have different, you know, strategic partners and things like that. So our models w- were very different. So, uh, you know, he was very supportive of what I was doing. Initially, when I started, it was kind of a side hustle almost. And I was still working for him full time, but it's just grown. My company grew so fast that, you know, I had to kind of just focus just on my company. And so my sister has, uh, you know, she moved to Phoenix a couple of years ago. So she's kind of taken over some of the things I was doing with my dad. But I help out, you know, however I can. But yeah, I, you know, it's my own company, same industry, but just different business model. But he is probably the happiest for all my success. So. Aw, I love dads. I love parents. And so you said your dad's an investor. Now, so tell me a little bit about your team too. Like how did, how did you build your team? How big is the team? Starting a company like this, this is a big endeavor, endeavor, right? So, and I'm assuming also you obviously went to college and stuff, but your, your education was working with your dad. Yes. You know, I got an undergraduate degree in business and finance, and then my MBA was in marketing and entrepreneurship. So my whole life, I knew I was going to work with my dad. But, you know, how the company started, I think we started, we started in 2019. And at that time, it was just myself and another partner. And, you know, she was interested in kind of just doing personal investments. And so both of us were, at that time, more just looking to invest our own money into different land assets. And so we got, you know, some of our friends involved. So it was very small initially, it was just friends and family. The first year we started, I think we bought about $4 million worth of assets. And then the next year was COVID. So I think we bought about 10 million. And then the following year in 2021, that's when we really exploded because a lot of, you know, the properties we had sold and people got really good returns. Like people were getting three to 400% ROI in a small amount of time. So at that point, that's when we really blew up. And that one year, we raised almost $250 million. And so that's how we started. And so my partner, Smitha, she's a physician. And so she's been one of my partners. My sister, Jennifer, is also part of our team. So that's kind of the core team. But yeah, that's how we started was just friends and family. And then word kind of spread about what we were doing. Are you like, holy God, is this really happening? Are you like totally shocked by this growth? Completely. I mean, you know, it was 2020. One was just such an insane year. I think I had like 60 closings that happened that year, which is like one and a half closings a week. And so it was just crazy. Like it was buy a property or sell a property and then just move on to the next thing. There was just no time to think about how we were growing because it was so crazy. 
But I think the real estate market changed a little bit towards the end of last year with the interest rates being higher. So that's when things slowed down a little bit. And that's when, you know, I really stop and look back at that growth. And it's insane, like, you know, how quickly we grew. We just didn't expect it. And it's it's been awesome. We have amazing investors that just trust us so much and, you know, are great to work with. So we're very fortunate and blessed. But yeah, didn't expect that to happen. I think your investors must love you very much too. Yeah, you know, obviously besides the very hard work, I mean, right time, right place, right? It's a lot about timing. So that's amazing. Congrats. And then I know you mentioned some things. Is there any other current projects with Arizona Land Consulting you can talk about? We're buying another site. It's about 400 acres and it's an industrial site. It's in Buckeye. It's about a $25 million raise that we're working on right now. So I think we're uh, aiming to close that in July. Okay, well, keep me posted if there's like, event spaces, resorts you're doing, I'll come hang. Like you let me, you let me know. <laughs> We're all, yeah. I love real estate and I love how the city is transformed. So it, you know, I'm just so excited about all the potential opportunities. Yay. Middle America. Well, not middle America, but kind of middle America. Yay. <laughs> so, uh, Camelback Productions, you are the first South Asian woman to own a film company in Arizona. So that's kind of a big deal. It's amazing. I'm so, so proud of you, even though I had nothing to do with it. Camelback Productions, you are celebrating minority stories, celebrating South Asian stories. I believe I read in one of the articles, your impetus for starting this was kind of the same reason you started Arizona Land Consulting. You wanted to add value and diversity to Arizona, but also it's because your daughter is a thespian. So tell me about that. Sure, sure. So I started it very recently. It was in December of last year that we started it. And I think there were a few reasons. One was there were some tax incentives that were passed last last year that just made film production a captive in Arizona. And then my daughter is she's been in theater since she was five. It's something she loves. And so she's done many shows and she's friends with a lot of people that are so talented. And one thing that we kind of seen that's been frustrating is in Arizona there's just not that many opportunities for kids to have, you know, if you live in one of the coasts, there's so many opportunities. And so for me, it was, I thought it would be important to kind of make that change to have productions take place here. So you had opportunities for kids who wanted to go into the arts to kind of pursue that career path. The other thing that was really interesting to me is that industry is kind of going through a state of disruption. And I think things are changing. Now it's more things are going straight to streaming, not, it's not the traditional movie theater model. And so I think there's opportunities for small production companies like mine to kind of come in and quickly finance some of these projects that may otherwise not have been looked at as viable by, you know, these big production companies and, you know, get them to the right streamers. And so that was really exciting to me. And I I think I saw the same opportunity in my real estate company when I started it is the whole industry was changing post COVID, you know, you had things like zoom where you could reach so many more investors and things like that. So I just, Kind of, it felt very similar to how I felt when I was first starting Arizona Land Consulting. It just, you know, the economic environment just felt like it was in our favor with all the disruption that was taking place. Man, I hope you got a good Mother's Day gift because you are mom. You're like, your daughter's like, I want more roles. And mom was like, I'll just build a production company. It's just totally chill. That's, that's awesome. How excited is she? Does she get it? I think she does. Yeah, she's excited. And I think, you know, it's slow. It's not going to happen overnight. It's a long process. We have some incentives. They're not quite as competitive with 
some of the other states. So it's going to take some time. So there's definitely more opportunities. We still have some work to do, but she's very excited. And there's a few, you know, small things she's working on. So it's exciting. I was just about to ask you, are you going to make her try out or or does she get it? (laughs) Yeah, that's how it, that's how it works. Yeah. 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 Bollywood is a little different, I guess. So, and then the name, the name, I think it, it comes from the landscape of Phoenix, Arizona, correct? Camelback Productions. Camelback Mountain is one of the most iconic mountains in Arizona. So, and it's actually a mountain that's like, you know, you can see, I, I have a good view of it from my backyard. And so I, it's just very calming to me. And I hike Camelback very frequently, like probably three or four times a week. So it represents mental perseverance and strength and was symbolic to me to name, you know, a production company after that. Very cool. I love it. Obviously, this is your, I think, I believe it's your first time involved with production, film industry. It's a big learning curve. I'm assuming you have a team that you work with. Tell me about the team and how do they come together? The team's a little bit project specific right now. I think I spent three or four months just doing due diligence, talking to as many people as I could, learning the landscape, learning who does what, and really aligning myself with the right team. You know, I don't experience in the film industry. So for me, it's been really important to work on projects with people that have a really good track record that, you know, are successful producers or successful creatives. I've been fortunate to kind of get some really exciting opportunities with people that, you know, have that track record. So that's been important to me. As far as, you know, our internal team for Camelback Productions, it's a lot of the same. It's, you know, my sister and, and Smitha, they're kind of it's kind of the three of us that are running that as well. So it's a lot of the same similar components as Arizona Land Consulting. And it's a lot of the same investors that invest in our real estate are investing in the film stuff. So it's in a weird way, very similar. It's just a very different industry. I think that's so cool that you are able to kind of work with your crew, your people that you just know, right? And that you trust. I mean, your sister, obviously, and, and Smitha. And I, I love that you guys stick together. That's not, that's not a common thing. You think you should go to the best of the best in the industry and that they should know everything, but it really is about who you're working with and the right energy. Yeah, that's so invaluable. Yeah, that's amazing. I can't believe you just launched in December. From what I was reading, it feels like you guys have been doing this for a while. So I want to ask you the ultimate vision, which is kind of a cheesy question because I know you want to celebrate minority stories. So I'm going to ask you another question. What would be your dream story to pr- produce for your company? I have a few things that I'm really passionate about. I think for me, what would be so exciting is if we could do some sort of like Bollywood collaboration, like a Bollywood-Hollywood collaboration. I think that would be just so amazing. And I think there's so much talent in Bollywood and the stories they tell are so beautiful. And to be able to kind of showcase that in Hollywood would just be a dream come true. So that would be kind of a dream project. but. Yeah, there's a lot of things I'm really excited about. I'm excited about potentially having some sort of a real estate-based unscripted show in Arizona that shows some of the different developments that are happening. So I have a lot of a lot of really exciting ideas. But I think the whole Bollywood idea really excites me. It's definitely becoming a smaller world, and I feel like we are crossing over with Bollywood a lot more now. Do you remember that old school movie? I think it was called Bollywood Hollywood. With Lisa Ray. I used to work with her. I was her production assistant for six months. <laughs> I was on a, a film set with her and Cal Penn. And I felt like she did something like that. Or am I, am I, no? 
Is that wrong? There was, a, or that was a title at least. I think that was a title. I don't. I remember the movie. I don't remember exactly what it what it was. But I, I mean, you're definitely seeing more crossover with some of the big Bollywood stars. You know, like Alia Bhatt is in a movie with Gal Gadot that's going to be on Netflix later this year. Thing. So you're starting to see that crossover happen. So I'd love to just be involved in more projects like that. That's awesome. It's very exciting. I lived in India for three years, but have watched Bollywood my whole life. And so it's, it's part of childhood. Mother Dixit is my hero. Current projects you can talk about. We have a really exciting collaboration we're working on with Unicorn Island, which is Lily Sims production company. And so we're developing a few different ideas. We have a comedy movie that we're working on right now. So we have a few ideas that we're really excited about. And you know, hopefully we'll be able to share specific details about those fairly soon. That's one project. And then, like I mentioned, the unscripted real estate show, that's something that we're working on as well right now. So we have, a, we have a couple of really exciting things. There's another movie that we're excited to work on that's kind of focusing on younger kids growing up in, in the U.S. that are, you know, the, and it kind of just shows some of the cultural issues that we grow up with since, you know, we are parents from in India and we're growing up here. So, so that's exciting as well. So we have a few really exciting things for you. That's awesome. Well, that's what this podcast is about. So if you need any consultants, call me, girl, call me. I was going to mention, I was like, I was looking through Instagram and I saw a picture of you and Lee Singh. So excited about everything that's to come. This is going to be amazing. Shoot it all in Arizona and Texas. So we're cool again. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Help us out, sister. I wish, <laughs> yes, I will try for sure. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about growing up. I'm assuming from what I read again on, on LinkedIn and everything, you grew up in Arizona. I know you went, you went to school in California. Yes, I went to, I got my MBA from USC. Okay, very cool. And then you grew up in Arizona. So, and we talked about your dad as your inspiration. What was kind of your idea of a career path as, as a child, teenager, at college age? Was it always to follow your dad? I think you kind of mentioned that, but did you always know it wasn't going to be, I want to be a doctor or a lawyer or engineer thing? Yeah, you know, I kind of always knew, and it's funny, my mom is, of reti- she was a physician, um, she's retired now, but she always steered us away from medicine, which is really interesting. You know, she just felt like it was a lot of work, and she was like, you know, you should really go into business. So I feel like that was always kind of what I thought I would do, and I've been working with my dad since I was so young, since I was maybe eight years old, you know, I've been doing, I was doing, like, typing out his letters, so it was accounting. And then when I was in high school, he had all these commercial office buildings and I would help lease them. And I remember like even finding some of his biggest tenants, like I personally was doing that. So I felt, you know, I always felt like I had a, it came naturally to me. It was exciting to me. So I always knew I wanted to go into real estate and that was just the path I wanted to take. So I think I knew that from a pretty young age. That's amazing. But I also get jealous of people that all that know, right? Like I've had... Part of the reason I started this podcast is because I was trying to figure out what to do with my career. So I'm, I'm a lawyer. My first job was at Enron. I worked on movie sets. I was a backup dancer in Bollywood, which we'll talk about at some point. I've tried everything, literally, like nonprofits. And, and some of it has to do with me not knowing what I want to do. Some of it has to do with my moving around so much the past 13 years and trying to like reinvent myself everywhere. So the podcast kind of came out of that. And no regrets, it's been an amazing ride, but I'm like, man, it would have been nice if I knew I wanted to do these things like much earlier. Yeah, I mean, things change, right? Like I'm now doing film production. That's not something I thought I would ever do. So it's good when you know, but I think life changes and like this change. 
I know. I'm not as embarrassed to show my resume because sometimes when I used to show it, everyone's like, we don't, this is like Tourette's, like what's happening here? But yeah, now, now I embrace it. To start a podcast and it's, it takes a lot of courage and, you know, congratulations on that. Thank you. No, it's been fun. It's been fun. My, my girls want to start their own now. So I was like, yeah, let's take it slow. We'll figure it out. I always like asking this to all the guests. I'm just always intrigued with childhood stories because I feel like this 115 episodes in, I feel like this podcast has been like my therapy session. Like a lot of things come out. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I didn't even realize that. And it kind of ties in. It's like two questions. It's, it's your relationship to being South Asian, you know, in Arizona, how you felt about it then and now. And then do you have any specific childhood memories, teenage memories that you recall that kind of helped define you as a South Asian, whether that was oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I hate this. Or, oh my God, we are, I love it. We're awesome and we're unique. Yeah, no, it's interesting. So I actually, my family moved around a lot when I was in school. So we actually lived in India the time I was three to eight. So for five years. So when we moved here, I and I vividly remember like moving to the US when I was eight, I had a major accent. You know, I remember going to the sleepover and like, I remember I was calling my bathing suit my swimming costume and like everyone made so much fun of me. And like, I just, it was different. Like I spoke differently, you know, so I remember just how difficult that was coming, you know, from India to the U.S. and assimilating. And especially in Arizona where when I was growing up, it was not diverse at all. Just being Indian was, you stuff stood out normally. And on top of that, you know, I was like coming from India. So that definitely, I feel like, was something where I tried very hard to lose my accent quickly and just a little bit of a struggle. But I feel like when I was, as I got older, like junior high, high school, that's when I really embraced my culture. And, you know, I love our culture and I'm very proud of it. But I think when I was really young, I kind of went through a little bit of like embarrassment, trauma, trying to fit in. And then as I got older, it was like, you know, this is who we are. I'm very proud of it. And and now I think it's just such a big part of who I am. Even my kids, you know, like we do a lot of things with, around like the Bali dances, things like that. We eat a lot of Indian food. We watch Bollywood. So it, it's just such a big part of who we are. But yes, when I was very young, there were some growing things um, that I went through. A little bit of PTSD. Well, at that age, I mean, accents are totally fine no matter what age. But at that age, it's so cute, you know, like the Indian accent. But I get it. I get what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have like a solid Indian community growing up in Phoenix? It was small. It was really small. But we did. There were definitely like maybe 20, 30 families that we saw very frequently. I think back then it was all the Gujaratis, Punjabis, everyone just hung out together. There were so, there weren't many of us. But now it's such a huge community and there's multiple communities. And so now you see, you know, it's segregated by like where you live, like, the Punjabis have their own community, so it's different now. But yeah, if we did have a community growing up, it wasn't huge, but it was good. I mean, total side note: I'm just going to call out the one family I know there, the Shahs. Files Shah, her sister, grew up in Phoenix. Files probably 39, 40 now. Does she have curly hair? Yes, and she's yeah. a sister. She's a sister. Yeah. 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 I know Pyle. Yeah. 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 So I've, I've I've known her since we were kids. We have a lot of friends like her and I weren't super close but like we have a lot of mutual friends and she went to me yeah yeah that's so fun 
Yeah, yeah. I, I've known her since we were kids. Okay. So just just the one family. At least we, I, know, I know my parents know, know a few more, but um, we used to come to Phoenix for Swadia. That's what I did growing up. Yeah, I have a lot of friends that were in Swadia. Oh, we need to talk about that. Okay. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast for me. <laughs> okay, this is going to be the fast round. So whatever you think of. What personality traits are you the most proud of? For me, I like the fact that I work hard and I just kind of resiliency in the different industries that I've been in. And I like to do everything with integrity. Those, those are good ones. Describe yourself in one word. One word. I'm very restless. I'm just constantly like thinking of how to grow my company or do different things. Like I, I'm just constantly thinking of ways to grow. And, and I think it just comes from restlessness. I I was about to ask you in the middle of this uh, interview how you are standing up, running two companies, mom job is full-time, you know, trying to talk to your husband every once in a while. Yeah. So anyways, I want to give you a hug. This is amazing. So I I can get the restlessness for sure. What is your biggest pet peeve? And that could be at work or at home. My biggest pet peeve is when people make excuses to do things. Like just that bothers me. Because, you know, things in business, whatever, whichever business it is, like things just move so quickly. You just have to keep going and figure things out. So I just hate when like people sit on things, you know, they didn't figure out what they were supposed to do or whatever. Like excuses are my one type piece. Like if you work with me, you have to have good work ethic. Well, this is why you're CEO. You're like, figure it out. Tell me about an interesting experience or encounter you've had recently that you have not shared with anyone. So I think it's probably not just one experience, but I've gone to a lot of events lately over the last, you know, six months. Like I went to things, the Bali party or, you know, different events at Sona in New York. And it's just been so fascinating meeting, you know, so many people who I saw, like read about and things like that. So that's been amazing, you know, just getting to talk to people who I've looked up to for years or have been, you know, a huge fan of for many years. So that's been a really cool experience. Just going to these events and like seeing what everyone's wearing and all that. It's just fun and exciting. So that's been cool. No, that is fun. I just, I just interviewed Manish a couple of weeks ago, actually. It is cool. You know, you see these guys on social media and I'm like, oh, wait, we're talking now? Like, this is awesome. This is inspiring for sure. So how do you want to be remembered by the people around you? Yeah, I mean, I think I would love to be remembered as someone who made a difference that brought industries to Arizona, created jobs, changed the landscape. And then on the film side, just created productions that were memorable, that made a difference, that were successful. And told really amazing stories. So I, I want to make a difference and change them. That's amazing. Okay. If it all goes awry, your production company fails, real estate just goes to shit, knocking on all, I'm knocking on all wood right now. What are your bare bones for happiness? It would be my family, you know, just having my kids. There's, they're so, in, you know, when I'm stressed out or have, you know, these things going on, just, you know, hanging out with my kids, laughing with them just makes everything okay. So I think my family, my husband, my parents, my sister, you know, that that is, you know, kind of my foundation. So that is what would get me through any of that. Yeah, for sure. Same, same. I think that's the only reason I can do the podcast. I feel like even if I sound like an idiot, I have three people that will hopefully never leave me. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) You know, on a side note, I wanted to ask, 
how how was the family involved with Camelback Productions? Is like the husband helping out? Are the kids part of it? Is it a family affair? Yeah, you know, not as much at this stage. I think my husband knows everything I'm doing. I always get his opinion. So he, he gives me a lot of opinions, which is great. I think as we get more into actual, you know, filming productions, I think it'll be a family affair. I'm going to take them to all the sets. I'm going to, you know, have them be part of, you know, any premieres or whatever we do. So I think they'll be more involved. Okay. Last question, because you mentioned you want to do the Bollywood thing. If you could pick anyone in Bollywood to work with, any single female, male, or maybe each of one of each, who is going to be part of Campbellback, the, the Campbellback family? I would love to work with Alia Pai. I think she's so talented and I think she has so much potential. And, you know, I, I just think she's going to be a global superstar. And if there's any way for me to work with her and help further that, that's a dream come true. So I think she's amazing. I think Deepika is amazing. Rinbir Kapoor is amazing. I think they're just such amazing talent in Bollywood. And I'd love for them to be known everywhere. Research, which I think is going to happen. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. Well, people like you, I just, uh, you know, I interviewed Rishi Rajani a couple weeks ago and Sanjay from uh, Marginal Media. And like, you guys are, it's amazing what's happening. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the timing is good. And I think it's all about timing. Like, if we started this five years ago, I don't know that we would have the same success that, that we would have now. I think everybody's looking for five years. And streamers are, and you're seeing a lot of these different productions, like the romantics, that it was such a hit. So you're all these things come out that are hits. And so I think it's making sense to people that, you know, South Asians have time. We're here. We've been here, but we're here. I know it's this insane, again, not to sound cheesy, but there is this energy. I feel like all of us are feeling like an intense feel energy. And I'm like, let's, let's get this. Let's go with it. Let's do as much as we can right now. It's awesome. Totally. Like, hopefully never goes out, but let's just do as much as we can for sure. Tuckered Out is hosted by me, Ami Tucker. This episode is produced by Genie Media with Genie Saraswathi, Ashley Tuff, Micah Sweetman, Hans Andres, and Laura Radescu. You can follow me at Tuckered Out Podcast on Instagram, And please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts.